This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Wednesday. I am back again. I'm not saying that since the last time I saw you guys when we watched the stream of the Senate failing to vote to codify Roe v. Wade that I went into the bedroom, saw socks laying in the bed and laid down with them, took a nap and have barely been up long enough to eat something and put this stream together. But I might also be saying that right now. I'm not high at all. Because uh, I went to sleep after the last time I got high. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. It's a Wednesday. What are we talking about tonight on the show? Uh, stuff. Stuff. No, no. We're, we're going to talk about how the Starbucks union is growing rapidly. The NLRB has sued Starbucks retaliating against workers we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hear a short history of slavery with Candace Owens is it not Wednesday it is Wednesday isn't it, it is Wednesday I think did I say Tuesday am I off I don't fucking know what day it is The body cam footage of the apprehension of Casey White has been released. It's just gross. Hump date's gross. Sparkles, we talked all about your lasagna earlier on stream. That's why I said said your ears were probably burning while you were at work. Everyone was like, where's Sparkles at? I'm like, Sparkles is working. He a working gal. Not that kind of working gal. No, I don't know what you're... What, maybe everybody has their price. I don't know. I was just arguing with a dude on Facebook. It was on uh, the Freedom for Economic Education. Fee. It was on their page. I like to troll those libertarian sites. They were bashing Marks. And I was like, please, guys, would you read Marx? Would you tell me something in Marx that, that, that you disagree with? I then had a dude. He took a shot at it. He described the labor theory of value, which was insane, but didn't know he was describing the labor theory of value. He thought he was taking a shot at Marx. Describes a labor theory of value, then applies it to the government. Why should the government take money from me for taxation? You fucking idiot. And then to- then tells me that he's a Christian. You know, it's not like uh, uh, give unto Caesar, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's is in the fucking Bible. Literally. These people are fucking stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. And like Dr. Phil... He, he don't know uh, why the Dr. Phil Popsicle tastes like shit. I love Dr. Phil memes. They're, God, I can't even remember the name of the page on Facebook that I follow where I get all these stupid-ass Dr. Phil memes. 
It's like cash me outside, Dr. Phil, or some shit like that. Cash Dr. Phil outside. Something like that. Go find that. Why, Dr. Phil? So, Dr. Phil. Israel. Israel. Israel, Israel, Israel. Guys, you always got to be doing some shit. Why why you got to kill doctors and journalists? Why you got to kill doctors and journalists? They killed a renowned Al Jazeera journalist. Shot her right in the face apparently. We're going to get get the news straight from Al Jazeera. Primary update on what happened last night in Nebraska and West Virginia. Trump's winning streak in the primaries came to an end. Right in the kisser. Damn it, Sparkles. Mario Batali, accused groper. Mario Batali has been acquitted in court, unfortunately. Speaking speaking of accused uh, sexual predators, Louis C.K. has some thoughts on the way Democrats brand Trump supporters, apparently. Trump and McCarthy appeared together for an event. This comes, you know, weeks after... Leaked audio implicated that uh, McCarthy was part of the coalition trying to get Trump to resign, at least publicly, in front of the members of his caucus. He was trying to get Trump to resign. He and Trump are good buddies, though. The contempt order has been lifted against Trump. If, if, if the Trump organization pays, I think it's 110 grand, tallies come to now. Oh, the Trump Hotel, now out of business. Plus, we're going to talk about the Senate failing to pass a bill that codified Roe v. Wade. And so much more tonight. Plus body camera footage of Casey White, the escaped inmate, captured in Evansville, Indiana. Hello, what's up, Sky Comet, Warlord, Sparkles, RB, all you beautiful people. Who haven't I said hey to? Ida, love you guys. Some of you are just lurking in here, and I haven't got a chance to say hi to you, all you lurkers. I, I love you too. I love you too. I invited dude that was arguing with me about Marxism to call in. I left him the the link. Phone lines are open, 917-830-4359. Or you can hop in the Discord. Just let me know. If if you're a lurker out there and you want to give me a piece of your mind, you want to hop in the Discord, just tell me you're in the Discord. I'll hop in with you. It's all good. And if I ever happen to... uh, ever happen to have the phones where you don't hear it ring, I don't notice that the phone is ringing, just tell me. Sometimes I uh, I have to change the routing of the audio and I forget to change it back. 
Sparkles is in the hot tub. Somehow I doubt that because I don't think she has a hot tub. But she could have very well bought like a kiddie pool and she's got that in her dining room because like she's told me she wanted to do that. That's possible that's happened and I just don't know about it. Start streaming in the hot tub and you'll have far more viewers than I have. That's the key. It's those hot tub streams. Tub streams. They get all the views. Dr. Phil. Oh, it's just Sparkle. She's just farting in the... She's farting in the pool. As she's getting the hot tub going. The world reacts to the killing of Al Jazeera. <coughs> Sorry, I just took a hit. Ginger, welcome. You got me choked up. Not high enough for this shit. I'm not high enough to read about Israel killing another fucking reporter who clearly had a reporter's vest on. Killing of journalist Shireen Abu Akel Akleh? Uh, Akleh. That's probably Shireen Abu Akleh. Israeli forces triggers an outpouring of condemnation and condolences. Calls for a full, independent, and transparent investigation into the killing of Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abdu, uh, Abu uh, Akleh are mounting with world leaders demanding that those responsible be held to account. The veteran journalist, described as an icon of Palestinian coverage, was shot by Israeli forces while reporting in Jenin in the occupied West Bank on Wednesday. The tragic event has sparked global outrage with the EU urging an independent investigation in the UN Human Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet saying she was appalled. Impunity must end. Fucking Israel been doing a lot of shit with impunity for a while. In New York, the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, called Abu Akleh's killing really horrifying and called for a transparent investigation. She said protecting American citizens and journalists was our highest priority. The White House has called for a thorough probe. We are heartbroken by and strongly condemn the killing of American journalists uh, Shireen Abu uh, Akleh in the West Bank, Ned Price, U.S. State Department spokesman, said on Twitter, the investigation must be immediate and thorough and those responsible must be held accountable. Her death is an affront to media freedom everywhere. During the day, the U.S. ambassador to Israel, Tom Nides, had said on Twitter he was very sad to learn about the journalist's killing and called for a thorough investigation. Angus Calamard, Amnesty International Secretary General, said that the killing was a bloody reminder of the deadly system in which Israel locks Palestinians. There we go. That's a something a little more forceful. Israel is killing Palestinians left and right with impunity. That's what I was looking for. 
In a statement, Al Jazeera Media Network condemned the blatant murder, very purposeful that they called it a murder, that violates international laws and norms, and called Abu Akleh's death a heinous crime, through which is intended to prevent the media from fulfilling its message. We hold the Israeli government and the occupation forces responsible for the killing of the late colleague Shireen, the statement said. When you're watching Al Jazeera, we're bringing you the news that a journalist for Al Jazeera Network, our correspondent Shirin Abu Akleh, has been shot in the face and has died shortly afterwards. According to the Palestinian Health Ministry, it happened apparently during an Israeli army raid in the Jenin town in northern West Bank. Nida Ibrahim is in Ramallah in the occupied West Bank. Nida, I want to ask you first of all how you and the team are reacting oh, no. to the news. It, let, let, me, let me say that the thing that uh, is most appalling about this to me is I haven't really seen any U.S. organizations report on this. This, is, this hasn't been penetrating my Facebook feed, at least for me personally. So I'm, I'm a little disturbed by that. Morning. We're here in Al Jazeera's offices in Ramallah where if you can see the colleagues of Shireen are gathering, there are journalists also here coming. Everyone is looking at this video that shows the last moments of her life. Fuck, they've got the video. She's been shot while she was covering Israeli raid in Jenin. And if you will pay attention to that video, I'm not sure if you can see. But even as she was shot, and you will see someone coming in now trying to pull her from the clearly seat. has a press vest on continued so it was really difficult even if she had a chance to make it it was really difficult to pull her to get her the help she needed and shortly after she succumbed to her wounds in the hospital Nida, so one can, can understand, forgive me, forgive me for everything. interrupting you, one can understand, because we have heard from, um, from Stephanie, how tightly... That's heartbreaking, that's their colleague that they just watched like die. These teams on the ground can be. Try, if you can, just talk to us what kind of impact this is having on the team. I think the pictures are speaking for themselves, right, Rob? People here have lived with her. You know, these teams go on long coverages. They spend days and days in the field. So they are like one family. We even got a message from Shireen yesterday asking us to come to Janine, where she has been based. Her producer, Wissam, who's here, he's been also a friend. They go out together. So you can see... And you can sense the, the closeness. And of apparently, she was an incredible journalist. So I wonder if she was specifically targeted. Working for other networks, because there's a feeling among Palestinian journalists that they are targeted by the Israeli forces because they are carrying the story, because they are the messenger of the Israeli violations, the attacks of what's going on. So here, everyone feels that they themselves could be like Shireen. Many of them, if you ask them, they'll tell you that they've been shot by 
live ammunition by rubber-coated steel bullets. Uh, they've been hit by tear gas canister. So, as these people are concerned, the aim is to prevent them from going to the field and covering. We're talking about the season. I detect your sarcasm, God above all. I like you. Who has been well-versed. Everywhere we go as Al Jazeera English team, we, we meet people who say, oh yeah, we know Shireen, she was there. When we were covering in Jenin in the past few weeks, people were saying that she was one of the first people to arrive after the Israeli invasion to the camp. And that marked 20 years, uh, we marked the anniversary of uh, just a few days ago, 20 years ago, when the Israeli army invaded the camp, technically raiding the buildings there to clamp down on the Palestinian fighters. She's someone not only is seasoned and knows her story, she's also been trying to learn. She has never had enough. She wanted to learn new media. She just graduated with a diploma from Birzeit University. She was showing us her phone proudly, uh, showing us how she was editing and using those softwares. Wow. She was very modest for someone who was very well known, very professional. So she was also telling us in Jenin that she was learning Hebrew. She, she was reading to us from Israeli media, the Israeli narrative, because it, Often, when you look at stories, there's a Palestinian narrative and there's an Israeli narrative, and it's important for Palestinians to get their voice out there. So it's important for them to know what's going on or what the Israeli media is reporting to kind of try and debunk it and say what really happened. Let me take you to her office. She's been working here. She has an office. I, they, they targeted her, right? Like. This is where... Just because of because of that you can see resume that was just named off from several places this is uh, in regards to a committee defending uh, the live the stream is buffering that's weird i've i've got just a few great bitrate over here the 74th and so yeah it, it can, the they could be silencing me for speaking out on Palestinians Israel uh, by when Israel was created. She was telling the story for all of these decades. She has been someone you would rely on to tell you the story. She was a teacher in Birzeit University, but she was also also a student. She really wanted to focus. I, this this breaks my heart more than when I saw the story She's earlier today. You would feel comfortable talking to. So I guess that's why people opened up to her, talked to her. And now she learning more about her, this is just absolutely features, heartbreaking. The stories. So that's why we're seeing lots and lots of uh, people coming to uh, um, the Bureau. Here's Rania, who's beside Okay, okay, okay. So here's the thing. Would tell me, should he Was she targeted? One of two things has to be true. She was targeted, or they are just that careless that they routinely kill doctors and journalists. Both of, both of those scenarios are untenable. And, and Israel should face condemnation for it. One of them has to be true. Shireen, Shireen, uh, she, she would know this. Let me call Shireen before we go to Janine. I know you don't have words. And I'm um, I will say the rest of the show is probably not as downer as this. 
for Shireen. Well, Mister. Parental unit. We will. Everyone. Here. I don't know how you can get There's more no downer than this. How kind she is. You might see them now engaged in the details. Now we hear that they're going to take her body for autopsy. People here say that they want to bring her justice. They want the world to know what Palestinian journalists and Palestinians are going through. Nida, there must be questions that people like you and her colleagues ask themselves when they're faced with a situation like this about whether it's worth carrying on, whether it's worth doing this job and putting your life at risk. Can you... That's the chilling effect. That's what they want. ...would be moving forward. Do you think that people are going to, at least some of them might say, I'm not doing this anymore? Definitely. Is that, that is the goal. I can tell you, studying journalism in Birzeit University, my generation has... the generation oh, terrorism. ...has been um, young during the second and the father went to study journalism because of correspondents like Shirin Abu Aqle, like Jibar Al-Budiri. They want to tell the world the story the way these journalists did. So when they see an idol of theirs, when they see someone who has been shot, when I see someone like her who was just commenting on my picture yesterday, just go, just like that, how, how is that? going to affect me trying to go to Janine again or to go to the West Bank again or yeah of course it's I, I can't I can't tell you how it's going to affect me I'm still processing I'm still in shock everyone here is still in shock but definitely it's going to have an impact on you you know what even if we want to keep on telling the story what about our families are they going to be okay with us continuing doing this story now this is not to say that Palestinians are safe and journalists are the ones being targeted. We are covering our story. We're covering the story of our people, of our families. So it's not like if I'm not a journalist, I'm not going to be targeted or killed. We pass checkpoints on a daily basis. And sometimes you, you see armed Israeli soldiers uh, uh, directing their weapons at you. So you think that that is not going to affect us or like, you know, like that could happen to us. My point is that these things could happen to us. And excuse me if I'm just sometimes a loss of. Ma'am, ma'am, you are fine. You are. You lost a colleague. You are doing your job spectacularly in the face of. I don't know how long ago you would have even heard the news within the hour or so. Of when you're you're filming this, like it is okay that you're you're not as concise or on point as you might n- normally be. Fuck, I can't imagine what it's like in that office. And man, like every springtime, every springtime it ramps up in Israel. Let's get the update on what went on in last night's elections in Nebraska and West Virginia.
Here are some of the takeaways. I have to close out this video. From the Nebraska and West Virginia primaries. Trump's winning run stalls in Nebraska. Trump's midterm election streak ended Tuesday night in Nebraska. Wasn't much of a streak since it was one fucking week. A week after he swept into the state and spoke for two hours at a rally for Charles Herbster in the Republican governor's primary, a wide majority of voters rejected his advice and instead chose Jim Pillen, the contender backed by the GOP establishment. One of the most expensive and vicious political campaigns in recent Nebraska memory, it was the endorsement from Governor Pete Ricketts that mattered most. Ricketts not only supported Pillen and guided his campaign from the start, he also invested millions of his own money to defeat Herbster. Trump implored voters to ignore sexual misconduct allegations against you live in sexual anarchy, saying the claims from eight women were malicious. For Trump, it was not his only failure of the night. The Nebraska GOP gets the matchups it wants in the House races, as Representative Don Bacon, a Republican who drew the former president's ire for supporting the bipartisan infrastructure plan, easily won his primary on Tuesday night, despite Trump's calls to defeat him. This was the dude that was in the uh, Omaha district, or the district that Omaha is in, which includes colleges, uh, went for Biden. Bacon had been mildly, mildly critical of the former president over January 6th, voted for Biden's bipartisan infrastructure legislation. While Trump carried Nebraska with 58% of the vote in 2020, would almost certainly win again if he decides to run for president in 2024. The outcome of the state's primary showed the limits of the power of his endorsements, and even bigger tests for Trump are still to come this month in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, and beyond. Uh, what was it? Let's let's find out that one race in Nebraska. Alex Mooney, or I mean, not Nebraska, West Virginia. Alex Mooney said that his win in West Virginia's 2nd District is a clear message that voters in the state rejected President Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi's far-left socialist agenda that's destroying our great nation. How a primary victory for a Republican can signal that, I have no clue. I do have a TikTok now. I shared that earlier when we were on the other stream. If you'd like to follow me on TikTok, give you the link right here. Uh, I post the freaking news is there. Apparently, I I have gained uh, a couple followers. Mooney thanked President Trump for his endorsement and support. I thought there was one more uh, race in West Virginia that we... No, no, yes. Mooney McKinley. McKinley was the mansion-endorsed candidate. That's right. That's what he's referring... Even though Manchin is the one that sank Joe Biden and his agenda, apparently his endorsement represented Biden's agenda. They can just say anything, right-wingers are morons.
not high enough for this. Florida judge says DeSantis's redistricting map is unconstitutional. Florida judge on Wednesday struck down a portion of a redistricting map drawn by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and his staff, finding that the enacted map is unconstitutional under the Fair District Amendment because it diminishes African Americans' ability to elect the representatives of their choice, said Leon County Circuit Judge Lane Smith. Now, had this happen in, in uh, what, Michigan and Alabama, and it, both of them go to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court side with the Republicans? Fucking their precedent in each decision. So I have no doubt that they'll fight this shit all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court will be like, it's too close to the election for us to change the maps, and this is going to be the map that goes into effect. This is expected to issue a formal order on Thursday or Friday to ensure that the maps are not in effect during November's election. DeSantis's plan dismantles the North Florida seat now held by a black Democrat. The new maps DeSantis called race neutral make it harder for North Florida voters to elect a black member of Congress in the 5th Congressional District where nearly half of its residents are black. So I assume they cracked that district. Cracking splits the black population in two so that they can't vote as a block. Democratic-aligned redistricting group joined voting uh, rights and civil rights organizations to file a suit against Florida's new congressional map the same day DeSantis signed it into law last month. I have no doubt that it will be in use come November. It's just that's the way the courts have operated. Now, last night I said that I did not know of any churches that were vandalized. Uh... Ted Cruz has no uh, no input into the story, but content warning, apparently you have to see Ted Cruz's face in an unrelated video. Look at, his, look at his eyes. You got Ted Cruz peeking out at you. Scary sight. Ted Cruz. Texas Catholic churches were vandalized with pro-choice messages. Pastor says the incident won't stop us. I just wanted to point this out because I said last night I hadn't heard of any stories and I felt like had that happened, uh, Fox News and shit would have uh, publicized it. Here you go. Three Texas churches were vandalized by pro-choice activists. Interesting, I'm not sure that we know that. We don't... Several anarchist symbols were spray-painted on the walls as well. I mean, if it was anarchist, cool, I support it, but I also... I wouldn't put it past the church to have vandalized their own church just... Just saying. Graffiti was noticed by a church member early Monday when they arrived for an 8 a.m. meeting. They discovered the message on the doors of the church's main entrance and side door reading pro-choice is pro-life. It's very unfortunate that people would desecrate the church like this. Motherfuck. Fuck off. Take their frustration out on the church, stated Father Peter Damian Harris, pastor at Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Houston. I wonder if you specifically do uh, pro-life activism. 
might be why uh, they are taking their frustration out on you. Following the incident, the church decided to change their hours of operation. Two Catholic churches in the nearby town of Katy, Texas, were also vandalized at St. Bartholomew. At St. Bartholomew, the Apostle Catholic Church, the vandals attempted to remove the tabernacle, which contains the sacred presence of Christ. Contains the sacred presence of Christ. Yeah, yeah, it does. Harris sees a connection between all three incidents and the Supreme Court's leaked draft opinion on abortion rights. They won't stop us, he says. It propels us to continue to be a witness for Christ and the world. They the 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 main church had what uh, pro choice is pro life spray painted on the front door. Oh my God, some spray paint. Fucking churches. How a bill to protect abortion access failed in the Senate. This is what we watched earlier today on stream when we weren't talking about food because we talked about food an awful lot. After Republicans blocked the legislation intended to preserve rights established by Roe v. Wade, Democrats vowed to keep fighting with an eye on midterm elections. Democrats tried and failed on Wednesday to push forward legislation to guarantee abortion rights nationwide as Republicans and one Democrat, I'm sure you guys can guess who, In the Senate, blocked an effort to enshrine the landmark Roe v. Wade precedent in federal law. With 51 senators opposed and 49 in support, Democrats fell short of the 60 votes they would have needed to take up sweeping legislation to ensure abortion access and explicitly bar a wide array of restrictions. Republicans who unanimously opposed the measure were joined by one Democrat, Senator Joe Manchin III of West Virginia, Mr. Manchin, who opposes abortion rights, said the legislation was overly broad, noting that it would go substantially further than simply codifying Roe v. Wade and warning that it would expand abortion. I almost, there was a report that came out that boarding schools here in the U.S., many of whom were Christian, killed hundreds of indigenous children. I almost tried to to work that into this, but I didn't because I felt I I felt like it was going to be a little forced if I tried to do that. But just so you know, that report did indeed come out that Indigenous children were murdered in the hundreds, if not thousands, by residential schools. You may have heard the story out of Canada. It also happened here in the U.S. I would love to hear your idea for how to deal with Manchin. The outcome of the vote was never in doubt, given the 50-50 split in the Senate and the deep partisan divide over abortion rights, but Democrats pressed ahead anyway, hoping that the vote would reinforce their political message and further their efforts to portray Republicans as extremists. Still, Democrats' failure to advance the bill capped a calculated and years-long Republican effort 
across all levels of government to chip away at abortion rights by electing lawmakers who oppose them, installing judges at the state and federal levels who are hostile to them, and pressing forward with legislation in states around the nation to strictly limit them and test the boundaries of Roe. By uh, Democrats, by contrast, appeared to have little in the way of a plan for what would come next now that their legislative path to preserve abortion rights is effectively closed off, except to frame the stakes for voters who they hoped would be moved to punish Republicans. MAGA brain. Let's call all the right-wingers MAGA brain. First of all, Warlord, while that is stupid as fuck, it is better than Ultra MAGA. It is better than what the actual communications department of the White House came up with. MAGA brain is better than Ultra MAGA, which apparently Joe Biden was workshopping yesterday during a speech. And God, I hope, God, I hope that whole speech and their emphasis on it wasn't just so that they could workshop and 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 focus test ultra MAGA, because God damn, you suck if that was the truth. And my producer, Warlord, came up with something way better. Pulled it right out of his ass, not even in the United States. Fantastic job. Make no mistake about it. Republicans know what's up. They know exactly who they have to thank. And it wasn't Republicans for blocking it. It was Joe Manchin. Content warning. Here is Benny goddamn Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some very exciting news to announce to you that... Dude, dude, Joe, dude, Joe is back at it again, destroying liberal. I can't stop it. I can't. Dude, dude, you have so much dark right wing money pouring into your bullshit. How in the fuck are you? You're using like your laptop's camera or your phone's camera to talk. What the fuck is wrong with you? I know you got a lapel mic. I've seen you use it. What the hell? There is right now a massive attack, country and nationwide, to go. Ooh. Ooh. After What's going on on the troll chat? Small human beings to live and glory to God. That's exactly right. Janine Howard Smith says, because Joe Manchin is here once again to scuttle some of the most evil bills that Democrats are pushing. <laughs> the phone lines are open. The phone lines are open. Insane what this bill does, and Joe Manchin saw through it. Roe v. Wade is, in and of itself, a very, very deeply flawed uh, ruling from the Supreme Court, and obviously extremely. As if you know shit about legal arguments, Benny. Americans, but this bill that the Democrats are pushing right now would bring abortion up to the point of birth, making it legal in all fifty states and it would be absolutely devastating to the pro-life movement it would be i mean completely the abomination of the american system of life liberty my ad blogger is not able to block out his fucking ads i i don't even know how this dude has a job he's not even interesting i don't want to watch this 
Here is Vice President Kamala Harris after the vote. Her response. She was there, by the way. She was presiding over the Senate. They did not need her. The majority of the American people believe in defending a woman's right, her choice, to decide what happens to her own body. And this vote clearly suggests that the Senate is not where the majority of Americans are on this issue. It also makes clear that a private... Ma'am, that is a gigantic understatement. The, the Senate is nowhere near the majority of Americans on fucking anything. And that is because the Democrats represent like 40 million more people than the Republicans do. Priority for all who care about this issue, a priority should be to elect pro-choice leaders at the local, the state, and the federal level. Because what we are seeing around this country are extremist Republican leaders who are seeking to criminalize and punish women from making decisions about their own body. Vice Vice President Kamala Harris sounding the alarm after a vote failed today on the Women's Health Protection Act. It was a bell that would have been enshrined into law. She didn't seem uh, your body at the federal level. Too alarmed. The bill failed. She was sounding the alarm. All Republicans and Democratic Senator Joe Manchin were no votes on allowing the bill to proceed. Let's bring in Cecile Richards, former president of Planned Parenthood. She is now the co-chair of American Bridge. I know you follow this closely, not to necessarily be surprised by the vote, but but vice president. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was pink. Four percent of Americans were for this legislation, which would have codified the protections of Roe v. Wade. Where do you go? What is your counsel for? for taking an issue in these divided times around which 64% of Americans agree. And that's, that's not a diss. I wouldn't have mind to hear from Pink on this issue. I'm sure she's got a, a great take. Well, I know, and that's the irony, Nicole, <laughs> right? is that this isn't, it's like, this isn't an issue that is actually dividing the American people. It's simply an issue that the Republican Party uh, has been completely focused on to the exclusion of all else, jobs, our economy, COVID. Instead, the entire focus of the Republican Party has been on ending access to safe and legal abortion. I think the stunning yeah, thing they don't they don't have an economic plan. Not a single Republican senator uh, voted in favor of this legislation, which would simply you know, save save this right that we've had for nearly 50 years. I think where we go now is to the ballot box. I mean, where I'm seeing the reaction around the country is actually stronger even than I had imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, independent Republican voters who know that that has always been the rhetoric of the party, but they really never knew that it would go this far. And I think as we see these abortion bans now begin to go into effect in states like Texas and Oklahoma, and the stories come out as if we begin to see doctors go to jail, women, uh, you know, arrested, as we saw in in Texas, this is not what the American people want. And yes, a woman was arrested for a miscarriage. Turnout in the November elections. I, I, that might be what Cecile Richards was referring to. How was this not on my list? Oh, that happened in El Salvador. 
My bad. I just saw the headline earlier today. It happened in El Salvador. A, I mean, this is exactly what the Republicans are wanting. It could happen here. El Salvador, woman sentenced to 30 years in prison for homicide after a miscarriage. Activists say case offers a stark warning to women in the U.S. where the Supreme Court is considering overturning Roe v. Wade. Court in El Salvador has sentenced a woman who suffered a miscarriage to 30 years in prison for aggravated homicide in a case which activists said officer stark warning the woman identified only as Esme was sentenced on Monday after nearly two years under pretrial detention following her arrest when she sought medical care in a public hospital. As being sentenced... Uh, as sentencing is a devastating step backwards for the progress that has been made in the unlawful criminalization of women suffering ob- obst- obstetric emergencies in El Salvador, said Paula Avila Guelan, international human rights lawyer and executive director of the Women's Equality Center. Warned that as the United States faces the possible overturning of Roe v. Wade, similar cases will become more common across the world. Leak. Moving on to old Donnie boy here. Trump has to pay 110 grand to purge the contempt charge. Judge says $10,000 a day fine that stopped accruing on Friday when the ex-president and his lawyers filed new affidavits. Donald Trump must pay a $110,000 fine to the New York State Attorney and meet other conditions to purge a contempt of court order for his failure to comply with the subpoena in a civil investigation into his business practices, a judge said on Wednesday. The judge, Arthur Ergaron, Ingeron, held a virtual hearing, a $10,000 a day fine imposed on the foreign president in late April, stopped accruing on Friday when Trump and his lawyers filed new affidavits detailing steps that they said they took to find documents relative, uh, relevant to the investigation by Letitia James. Trump has said he does not have any relevant files. A claim Ingeron said last month he found surprising. I highly recommend not having children. Don't get pregnant. I got my buddy who's got three kids. He's like, dude, don't ever have kids. And I'm like, what the fuck? You think I'm going to start now? (laughs) You think I've come this far? I'm going to, I'm going to pop one out. What the hell? Oh, shit. Speaking of abortions, the Trump hotel (laughs) has been aborted. See what I did there? Yet another Donald Trump business venture has come to an end. The Trump International Hotel in Washington is now officially out of business after the Trump family on Wednesday completed its sale to a Miami investor group, which plans to reopen it as the Waldorf Astoria, the New York Times reported Wednesday. The sale formally ended the Trump family's business presence in Washington, although the family company still owns a golf course in northern Virginia. The hotel is housed in the old post office, which is owned by the federal government. Trump sold his lease to CGI Merchant Group, reportedly for 375 
million dollars. Trump's face is also an abortion. Trump's uh, Trump's trying to sure up as much money as he can. Apparently, he was also spotted at a fundraiser with uh, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, the possible soon-to-be Speaker of the House. Dallas is weird. Kevin McCarthy is a representative from California. Former President Trump and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy appeared together at a Dallas fundraiser this week, praising each other repeatedly at the event. Trump used the event to continue his baseless claims that the 2020 election was stolen, which has become a lucrative fundraising tactic for Trump-supporting Republicans across the country. Just ask Dinesh D'Souza. Apparently he racked up with his 2,000 fucking mules movie. Absolute bullshit. This last month, leaked audio revealed McCarthy calling Trump's behavior during the January 6th insurrection atrocious and wrong. Though Trump used the Dallas fundraiser to lash out at several Republican enemies, McCarthy wasn't among them. Kevin's been with me from the beginning, Trump said. And McCarthy called Trump the GOP's secret weapon. No baby, 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 no baby. Works uh works ninety percent of the time, sixty percent of the time, or some shit. I forget. I don't know what that's from. I just got a friend that keeps saying it. Other people have said it to me as well. Speaking of Trump supporters, Louis C.K. apparently feels that we've been too mean to them. Louis C.K. slams Democrats for shitting on Trump supporters, calls it the stupidest thing you could do. Well, Louis. I think a huge mistake that the Democrats made was to shit on on people who loved him. That's a, a dumb fucking basket of Yeah, they can't stop doing it. Basket of deplorables. They can't stop doing it. I mean, it. it's just the stupidest thing you can do. The thing. No, probably one of the stupidest things you can do is just like whip your dick out and start masturbating in front of people without permission. No, no, no. I can <laughs> I can probably name some things dumber than that. But seriously, Louie, fucking like. There is no appealing to those people. That was the basket of deplorables comment was like, there's no way they're going to ever vote for me. They're they're just a lost cause that are going to be believing whatever right wing bullshit is thrown their way. So I, in that sense, I agree with the Democrats. I don't know why they try to appeal to right wingers. It's stupid. But you say that it's stupid to bash Trump support. You're a fucking comedian. What the fuck? <laughs> thing that progressives do that I've never seen in all these years we've talked about, never seen a political movement do, is assign people to the other side. Yeah. You, what Clinton did, what anybody running for president uh, Nixon did it. You could see examples of all of them when they talked, like especially when they started doing town halls. 
which was a great addition to yeah. it. They would say, somebody would stand up and say, I, I, um, I don't want to vote for you because I'm a Democrat and because I think you're, you know, whatever. And they go, okay, tell me, what does that mean to you being a Democrat? Yeah. Well, uh, the economy is very important to me and healthcare, and I want people to be taken care of when they're older, sick. And he goes, I, I'm afraid to tell you, but you're a Republican. That's what, yeah. that's what, that's what people do is like, come here. I've got, I've got the same, I'm like you, you're like me more than you understand. Now, and they, they hedge it. They go like, now I'm not, I don't, I don't agree with my opponent's bill sure. for healthcare, but I have the same concern as you do about healthcare. I have the same values you do. We're like, Louie, are you leveling this critique at the people calling me libtard, snowflake? Woke mo all the fucking shit that they say about us. Why is that? Why is this critique never leveled at Republicans, <laughs> at right wingers who throw more mud than anybody? Why is it always civility politics are thrown up at the Democrats? What the fuck? You should vote for me. But what progressives do is they you you actually say to them, "I'm a progressive." Yeah. And they go, "Really? Prove it." Well, I'm for gay marriage. What do you mean gay? What do you mean marriage? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You are a Trump. They like tell yeah. other people that they belong to Trump. They give him. Yeah. They push people away. They push because, everyone to him. Because the goal is not actually to win and to change the country, which is a ugly, difficult to really change the country is a gray, difficult, boring, bureaucratic, uh, unsatisfying slow business and people want to be able to make it happen like this i can this i can just and they're not trying to make something happen they're just trying to feel they're trying to show what yeah. they think and perform what they are and and just get it and they're addicted it's a sickness i feel sorry for them i don't hate people like this it's just that they're sick they can't stop i think a huge <laughs> Louis C.K. calling other people sick and addicted. Does anybody else see the irony in this? Full disclosure, like Louis C.K. was one of my favorite fucking comedians. I've seen Louis C.K. live. I couldn't even finish his last special. I was like, this just isn't funny to me. This isn't funny to me. Like, his response to uh, uh, the whole scandal was to come out and say, like, guys, had anything interesting happen to you over the last couple of years? Jesus, you're one of the greatest comedians in the world, and that's the best you can come up with? Lame. Meatcakes, thank you for the resub. Is very bad. I feel so sorry for Louis C.K. Revolutionary at one point in time. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. <sighs> Meanwhile, right wingers will just say anything in the fucking world. <laughs> they'll they'll fucking public New York Post also owned by Rupert Murdoch, who also owns Fox News. 
Incoming White House Press Secretary uh, Jean-Pierre calls Fox News racist in 2020. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they kind of are. Newly minted White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre described Fox News as a racist network during a TV appearance in March of 2020, according to a clip that resurfaced this week. And Fox News was racist before coronavirus. They were racist during the coronavirus. Fox News will be racist after the coronavirus. Uh, Jean-Pierre said during a March 15th appearance on NBC's AM Joy. So there's nothing new here. I think the difference is they are all in on being state TV for Donald Trump, and so they will continue to give misinformation. I think she said anything wrong. At the time, Jean-Pierre worked as a political analyst for the left-wing network. Not a left-wing network. It is a shit-lib network. For joining the Biden campaign a couple months later, she tweeted out the clip from her personal account, and it was still up as of Tuesday. They're acting like it was like they caught her up on something. She, tw- the fuck, they wrote a fucking story about something she tweeted out herself, and is still fucking up. Was racist before coronavirus. They are racist during the coronavirus. Fox News will be racist after the coronavirus. So there is nothing new here. I think the difference is... is they I would love that. A, cre- a question from racist Fox News. TV for Donald Trump. And so they will continue... He's right. Misinformation. The danger is... So, yes, you have Asian Americans right now whose lives are seriously in danger. And you have their own viewers who can now, the ones who are 60, 60 and older, who are watching. This is a health crisis that we're in. This is a global... So apparently she did not respond to the post request for comment about her past statements might affect working, uh, her working relationship with Fox News' White House reporters. Who cares? Who cares? Are you talking about that stupid son of a bitch? Oh, fucking shit. Ah, oh, you know what I meant to do? I meant to put the Louis C.K. story right next to the Mario Batali story. I got I got completely out of order because I was going to talk about, you know, the two sexual predators back to back. The press secretary story was supposed to come before Louis C.K. Fucked up the order of my of my shit. If you if you guys can't tell, I got a certain flow to the show. Everything kind of leads into each other, or I try to. Mario Batali uh, acquittal underscores, and that's I was running late tonight because of the uh, because I went I went and took a nap after the stream earlier. Ultimario <laughs> Mario acquittal underscores the perils of Me Too cases. I think it underscores the. Um, the flaws of the justice system, actually. Bill Cosby was released from prison when his conviction that he drugged and assaulted a woman was overturned. Quarterback Deshaun Watson landed a record-setting $230 million contract despite an investigation into allegations he assaulted 22 women. Celebrity chef Mario Batali was acquitted this week on just the second day of his sexual assault trial in Boston. I had heard rumors that Weinstein was going to get released as well. God, I I wouldn't blame anyone if they burned some shit down over that. 
I will add that Louis C.K. apparently won a fucking Grammy for the shit that I couldn't even... Me, a Louis C.K. fan, who, who was willing to give him a shot, I was like, Louis gets a chance to come back. Like, what he did wasn't egregious enough to completely cancel him. I was excited for the new special. I listened to... Sorry, I believe it's called. I think that's the one he won the Grammy for. It's not good. It's not good, and it like I was expecting something, a profound statement about what happened to him and, and self-reflection, and that did not occur at all. Did not occur at all. I watched I watched Mario Batali when I was the I I don't know if you guys know this, but like I was a huge uh I don't know if I've ever told this story. But, like, cooking shows. I grew up on cooking shows. I loved fucking cooking shows. When we only had, like, fucking 10, 11 channels, I was watching... We had Discovery Channel, and it had great chefs of the world. I'm, like, in third grade watching that shit. No clue the food they're fucking cooking. I just loved cooking that much. We got the Food Network when when I was in 6th grade, 7th grade, something like that. Holy shit. The biggest crush on Rachel Ray. I wanted to be uh, fucking Emerald Lagasse. Bam! That was my shit. Be some Bobby Flay. By the time I got to be like 20 or so, fucking Food Network sucked ass. Line up Grammy bribes and then release your comeback album. That it could be it, Dustin. Nearly five years into the Me Too era, former prosecutors, legal experts, and victims advocates say prosecuting sexual misconduct cases has proven to be no easier than before the reckoning that ignited a firestorm of accusations against powerful, seemingly untouchable men. Cases such as Batali's, if nothing else, reinforce how the criminal justice system remains an extremely imperfect tool for addressing the needs of survivors, said Emily Martin, a vice president at the National Women's Law Center, a Washington, D.C.-based advocacy group. Failure to get a criminal conviction doesn't mean that the abuser didn't happen, or that the abuse didn't happen, or that it was okay. Often be extremely hard to prove sexual misconduct beyond a reasonable doubt, especially given the gender stereotypes that lead many people to be especially distrusting when women share their experiences of sexual assault. Suffolk County Assistant District Attorney Ian Pollenbaum, who helped prosecute Batali, declined to comment specifically about the case Wednesday, but said sexual assault cases are among the most challenging to prosecute. I gotta hit you with the content warning before this one. I don't know what kind of graphic video we might be about to watch. Police body cam captures the arrest of Alabama inmate and corrections officer. USA Today given a content warning as well. So that was that was their vehicle. This is, for those of you who are unaware, this is the story of uh, 
Casey and Vicky White. Vicky White was a corrections officer in Alabama. Uh, Casey White was convicted on charges that landed him 75 years in jail, but was facing an additional murder charge that he was getting ready to go on trial for, had been kept in a jail. The jail employee, on her last day, before she was set to retire, made up some cock and bull story about taking him for a mental evaluation, busted him out of jail, and they went on the run. Uh, Ten days, ten days it lasted. They were caught, was it yesterday? Was it yesterday? I've lost track of what day it is because I went to sleep so many times. We're caught yesterday in Evansville, Indiana. This is the aftermath of a car crash that happened and the arrest of uh, Casey White. Now, remember, Vicki White has already shot herself, possibly in the head. A self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. I knew it had to be serious because of the way the marshals talked about it. I was hoping we'd have audio, possibly. It would have been a concern to her because she's worked in a jail for 17 years. She knows what life is like on the other side of the bars. Uh, she knew she was. Yeah, especially in Alabama. It ain't no cakewalk. And she she was facing some major fucking charges. She wasn't. She probably wouldn't get out, given her age. She'd be facing some of that, but I think just as much so. I think uh, Vicky White uh, was uh, probably dreading having to come back and face her family and friends after what she'd done. I think that probably played as much a factor in her decision to end her life uh, as anything. USA Today, that did not really need that dramatic music there. You you could have skipped on the, on the shit. It's a, it's a relatively small jail in a relatively small town. I, she, she was like one of their top corrections officials or some shit in their 17 years. It was apparently fucking one of the inmates. That's what it like. We had talked about this the other day. Like her being there after hours wouldn't be unusual. in Like a, a small town like this, her showing up to work. Like, oh, I need to get in jail and get something. Oh, go on, Vicky. Like, it will, nobody would think anything of it. So I don't understand why, you know, like after she retired, she didn't go back and get him. But oh, well. Starbucks getting sued. The rapidly growing Starbucks union in the numbers. Talk about the lawsuit by the NLRB here in just a second. 
Starbucks Workers United began rapidly unionizing the Starbucks workforce late last year. In this post, I use case data from the NLRB website to provide some up-to-date statistics about the effort. This is from Matt Brewing, the People's Policy Project. Based on current filings alone, the Starbucks union is already on track to have 6,400 workers at 230 stores. Wow! The first election filing in this campaign came in August of last year, and in the next few months, a few more representation petitions were filed with the NLRB, but not very many. By the end of 2021, the Starbucks union had only filed for 14 elections. It was in January of this year that the union activity rapidly increased. So much so that I did not realize how many fucking stores actually had filed. Holy shit. Between January 1st and May 10th, the union filed 251 representation petitions, nearly two per day. So far, the NLRB has conducted 60 union elections at Starbucks, with the union winning 54, 90% of the 60. Ooh, we. In the elections that have been conducted, the union has consistently won 70 to 80% of the votes cast. There are 1,514 workers now represented at the 54 stores that have voted for the Starbucks union. You know, that does seem awfully convenient, Tones. Uh, Awfully convenient that they're starting to offer some better wage uh, uh, packages and benefits. Maybe it has something to do with this. Oh, you you think they're they're pressuring the pro-life politicians as well to push for these things. I don't know if that's something that would be outwardly spoken, but I'm sure it's it's like a consequence they don't mind. The NLRB has sued Starbucks to reinstate the Memphis 7, the workers that were illegally fired for a union drive, Let's watch this piece from Democracy Now. This is Democracy Now. Hey, Amy Goodman. Love you. Peace report. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. As we look now at how workers who were fired during the wave of union organizing at Starbucks and Amazon. American legend, Amy Goodman. We'll begin with Starbucks. The National Labor Relations Board has filed a rare lawsuit in federal court to immediately reinstate seven Memphis Starbucks workers who say they were illegally fired in retaliation for their union. Efforts. The group is known as the Memphis Seven. They were fired after Starbucks claimed they violated company policy for speaking to reporters about their union drive. This comes as the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, issued a complaint against Starbucks for 29 unfair labor practice charges, including over 200 violations of federal workers' protections stemming from retaliation claims made by members of the Starbucks Workers United in Buffalo, New York, where Starbucks union organized 
organizing effort began in August. For more, we go to Memphis, Tennessee, to speak with one of the Memphis Seven. Beto Sanchez is a union organizer with Starbucks Workers United, one of the workers fired just weeks after they announced their plans to form a union at the Poplar and Highland store. Beto, welcome to Democracy. I, just judging by the decor in his house, you know he's not high enough for this shit. See now, the NLRB um, decision just came down yesterday. He's getting ready to puff up just as soon as he gets off of democracy now. Explain its significance and explain what happened when you got fired. What were the reasons given? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's unfortunately something that's not unfamiliar with other corporations. You know, they're not going to fire an employee directly for unionizing because they are aware of how legal. So instead, they will try to enforce something that was never enforced for whatever reason. For instance, uh, the reason they wanted to fire me was because I had a mask off while I was off duty, which doesn't make any sense. And the same thing goes for the rest of the seven, as well as other workers uh, across uh, the U.S. that have also been retaliated against. And it's something that's not new between Starbucks and other corporations. So uh, um, at this point, Holy shit. Dude, I like maybe you tried to do this and got shut down, but like you you should have tried to take this to right wing media. At Starbucks fired, they cancel cultured you. This woke corporation cancel cultured you for not wearing a mask in your off time. And then use that platform to talk about unionizing. Point um we've been Happy to see that the NLRB is filing not only this in their lawsuit, but in an injunction. And the significance of that is that um, they are, you know, Starbucks loves to stall on these very important hearings. And they were seeing that, you know, between our affidavits and between what has been happening, what has been recorded on social media that Starbucks has been doing that is anti-union and union busting, the NLRB has been able to step in to tell Starbucks that, you know, we're not able to stall this or do anything because there's been many times that Starbucks has been trying to stall time to kill our momentum or kill uh, any direction that we've had. And so far, the NRV has been on our side and helping us out with this. And I'm very happy to say that uh, we are at about, as of today, 65 stores unionized across the U.S., as well as over 250 stores that are in the process of unionizing. And now, and now, like, hey, I get asked a lot by idiot-ass right-wingers, what is something that Biden's done that's been positive? They've got a fucking uh, labor board. The NLRB is on the side of workers right now. That is a positive to the Biden administration. And better, uh, the NLRB's ruling on Friday implicated Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz, uh, alleging he violated the law last November by promising an increase in benefits to those employees if they didn't unionize. Your response to uh, Schultz is uh, uh, he has an image. Uh, he likes to cultivate an image as a progressive liberal, uh, uh, liberal American uh, corporate executive. Uh, how he has been responding and how the he's the a shit lib Starbucks has been responding to these unionization efforts. Oh, absolutely. If there's anything... That- By the way, for those for those people, I don't think there's any in my chat, but for those people that uh, still blame progressives for Hillary Clinton's loss and they're still on the Hillary... Because I still get that. I still get people that are, are very butthurt over Hillary Clinton. Uh, Howard Schultz 
was floated as being his or her labor secretary. Howard Schultz. That I've learned throughout this entire ordeal is that Starbucks is willing to fight tooth and nail to protect the image that they have built over the years. You know, they love to put up this facade of being a progressive company, of being woke, of being the first in leading uh, areas. But like I've seen, um, they are willing to retaliate and fire workers for airing out their dirty laundry. You know, they are just as bad as any other Fortune 100 company that's out there. And it's, there's something that I've learned with something like uh, the pandemic is that it's usually things like that that give it a good push that kind of show the true colors of people like Howard Schultz. It's moments like that where you are given an opportunity, whether should I worry about my profits or should I worry about my workers? And at the end of the day, most of these CEOs are going to worry about their profits more than their workers. You know, they love to have called us essential workers without giving us the essential pay, the essential dignity, the essential respect, the essential things we needed to work and generate the billions of dollars that uh, uh, Howard Schultz was able to have to live so comfortably in Manhattan. And uh, as it was, you know, it's been plain to show that Howard Schultz will be able to, you know, just like the rest of the upper management, they will retaliate very hard against people like me that are vocal about this and that are willing to fight against a company like this. You know, they love Starbucks is one of those companies that loves to market off of every possible cause they can find. I mean, I'm sure you're aware about how as soon as pride comes, every single company puts on their cute little rainbow logo, but as soon as July rolls up, you know, it's gone. You know, Starbucks loves to market Night, Ginger. Off, off of Black Lives Matter, Indigenous Lives, Trans Lives, LGBTQ. But at the same time, they will be marketing Black Lives Matter propaganda and, you know, uh, materials for the workers. But at the same time, they will be firing black workers in Memphis for unionizing. So at this point, it goes to show what people like Howard Schultz care more about, and it is obviously uh, their image. Hands down. All right, parental unit. Your question. That is that is a tough question. A a boomer judge. The question that has has been posed to me. Those of you listening on audio was: Would you rather put your faith in a boomer right wing judge? a non-biased Porg Corp AI robo-judge. Here's, here's, it's a fun thought experiment. First of all, just to, just to, up front, the reason why, like, a judge is one of those jobs that will never be able to be automated. But just for the just for the sake, just for the sake of this argument, I would rather argue my case in front of the AI robot. But that you are you would argue a case much differently to the AI robot as opposed to the right wing boomer judge. But this is just, this is just so this is such a wild fucking concept. <laughs> that uh, parental unit. If you if you can remember tomorrow night, ask that to Sparkles. Sparkles is the legal mind here. 
I've just I've just had friends that work in the legal profession because I I did philosophy in college and like most of the people that do philosophy end up going to law school. That's just kind of like it's the good it's a good foundation for law school. It's like what the fuck else are you going to do with philosophy unless you're going to teach it? Or you're like me and you just enjoyed it and you fucking you were in the fucking department. You would come into your philosophy class with all your fucking broadcasting gear. Sit down your camera and all your microphones and shit. A hyper-advanced, fresh-eyed, memory-erased robot. This is his first case. Wait a minute. It would have to... You would have to teach it law somehow. You would have to input the... The relative... Uh, relative the relevant the relevant not relative the relevant penal codes like if you're doing a criminal case the robot is going to have to know the the state and federal statutes i think that think this one out a little more and then ask sparkles because sparkles will be the one that will give you you guys have never noticed on the Freak Show, that's one of the things that I do is like, I'm asking Sparkles shit that's odd just to get her response because she says funny fucking shit. Watch videos so that Sparkles can say funny shit about the videos we watch. Uh, speaking of funny videos... Do you guys want to watch a brief history of slavery with Candace Owens? That's what that's what we're that's what we're gonna do now. A brief history of slavery with Candace Owens. The Prager U video that I found on Facebook. I'm sorry, a short a short history of I even had on my notes a short history of slavery. I, sh- I shit you guys not. A short history of slavery, Candace Owens. And I I got it wrong. My bad. A short history of slavery. And now for a brief history of slavery. Motherfucker! Which is it? Which is it? Is it a brief history of slavery or is it a short history of slavery? What what did you title this video? What the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was that was It was just funny to me. Anyway, Candace, you you had something you wanted to say. Here's the first thing you need to know. Slavery was not invented by white people. It did not start in 1619 when the first slaves came to Jamestown. Who said it did? Who said it was? What? What? 
Like, you're the people that believe in the Bible, aren't you? Like, the Bible talks about slavery. It existed before then. It did not start in 1492 when Columbus discovered the New World. In fact, when the intrepid explorer landed in the Bahamas, the native Taino tribe hoped that he would help them defeat their aggressive neighbors, the Caribs. The Caribs enslaved the Taino and, on occasion, served them for dinner. Slavery existed in Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. The word slave actually comes from the Slavs of Eastern Europe. Millions of them, all white by the way, were captured and enslaved by Muslims in the 9th century and later by the Ottoman Turks. And? Slavery existed when the Roman Empire controlled the Mediterranean and most of Europe from the 1st through the 5th centuries. Slavery existed when Alexander... I knew you were going to love this one, R.B. It was so common that Aristotle simply considered... 150 years of lost KKK clause... model was just how the world propaganda. operated in great philosopher's day. Slavery existed during the time of the ancient Egyptians 5,000 years ago. As far back as we can go in human history, we find slavery. As renowned historian... John Steele Gordon notes from Time Immemorial. I'm just, I'm interested to see where she goes with this. What, what point are you making? The population of the ancient world was enslaved. Here's the second thing you need to know. White people were the first to formally put an end to slavery. Whoa. Britain was the first country in the history of the world to pass a slavery abolition act. They were quickly followed by France, who in 1848 abolished slavery in her many colonies. Then, of course, came the 13th Amendment in the United States Constitution. After centuries of human slavery, white men led the world in putting an end to the abhorrent practice. That includes the 300,000 Union soldiers, overwhelmingly white, who died during the Civil War. Now, am I saying that this makes white people better than anyone else? Of course, yes, that seems to be what you're implying, yes. Simply tell the truth. And the truth is that human history is complicated. No one, regardless of skin color, stands guiltless. Yet today we are never told to consider the murderous Persian Empire or the cannibalism of indigenous tribes. Because that has nothing to do with the United States and our wealth inequality as a result of slavery and Jim Crow South and the policies that have continued. That has, those things have nothing to do with the United States and our domestic policy. That's why nobody is bringing them up in the conversation about the reverberations of slavery in the United States. It's not hard, Candace. Of North and South America or the heinous actions under the imperialistic Muslim, Chinese, Mongol, or Japanese empires, to name just a few. Instead, we're told that slavery is a white phenomenon. And like no! No one says that! No one says it's just a white phenomenon! It is a symbol of white supremacy here in the United States specifically! Shut up, warlord! We do not! All persistent lies. This lie spawns a bunch of other lies. 
on social media, I come across weird, weird to say that it's a lie when you're lying before Europeans came and laid waste to their paradise. I wish any of this were true, but it's not. It's a fantasy. The truth is that Africans oh, I'm sorry for yelling at you, Arby. <laughs> and in many cases, sold for items as trivial as gin and mirrors. Oh, shit. Whites didn't go into the interior and round up the names. I might clip that brief they history bit and put it up on Instagram or some shit. black bodies. The stark reality is that our lives had very little value to our ancestors. Here's the third thing you need to know. If you think slavery is a relic of the past, you're wrong. There are some 700,000... I don't! I don't! ...right now. That's the lowest estimate that I could find. Other sources say there are many more. For context, that's almost twice as many slaves as were ever brought to the United States. Child as, as were brought. ...trafficking, forced labor. These are the conditions that currently exist within the same sub-Saharan region where the transatlantic slave trade originated. African it's almost like imperialistic countries took advantage of the resources of Africa, including their people. In fact, slavery, by any traditional definition, is exclusively practiced today within non-white countries. But we hear almost nothing about that. Just like we hear nothing about how slavery was universal until good people in Europe and America ended it two centuries ago. Wow! Black and white wouldn't profit from it. Black victimhood is nothing if not profitable. It elects politicians and funds racial grievance groups. And if black Americans began to view themselves as partners in the American dream, if we embraced the patriotic spirit that holds all men are created equal, the patriotic Oh, they tried to. They tried to. And then Wilmington happened. And Black Wall Street. And Tulsa. Incidents like that all across the country. Author of Blackout for Prager University. Right-wingers are morons. Star-craving, you missed all the fun. Missed all, you missed Candace Owens giving us a history lesson about slavery. I assure you, it's just as stupid as you think it is. But you got here just in time to see a pig playing the mud. I think it's a pig. If I'm, if I'm wrong about what kind of animal this is, please let me know. I think it's a pig. Is it a baby hippo? It could very well be a baby hippo. Whatever it is, it is loving that mud. Oh, it's a pig. Holy, it's as happy as a pig in mud. We we saw some hippos the other well, I, I played a, a hippo video the other day and it was very cute. Oh, where's my pot?
Oh, there'll be no drinking tonight. Hey, if we're if you're watching on Twitch right now, we're gonna we're gonna raid Conyur. Uh, I I have uh, I think I raided them one other time. I I've mainly watched their videos on YouTube. They're super cool. Go in, say hey. Be a good community and get me get me some more follows from a bigger Twitch streamer. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before we hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Droll Patrol. Live.